0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 56 of QBT. I'm Maddie Germs. And I'm Shawnee. And we're two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. And today, we are joined by the Rainbow Road podcast babes, Mike and Travis. Um, no relation. No relation. <laughs> we don't have a relation <laughs> to them. No. We're no friends. Whatsoever. We're friends, now. Um, What's your, like, iconic sort of video game sound? Like, when you think about video games, what comes to your
1: mind? Um, like, Mario. Okay. Like. And then it goes into Sesame Street I'm not going to do it Like every time I start the Mario theme song I always end it in Sesame Street (laughs) Okay well we're going to find out how to get to Sesame Street today Let's go Mm -hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and
0: shit <laughs> okay um to start this up subsolo- i sort of have some i don't know it's not bad news it's terrible news it's not it's not terrible news but it's good news for us it is good news for us um, <laughs> today is uh the last episode of ever no I'm no joking. calm down uh, just of season <laughs> one so we are going to be back in about a month or two um more likely a month But uh, we just need to take a break. Uh, I'm moving. We also want to enjoy the summer a little bit. Um, We have been putting out weekly content for you all since April of last year. And I'm deeply proud of it. We have 56 episodes under our belt. Um, As we talk about, you can hear us on our break on uh, uh, the Bold Bitch podcast with Gia Goodrich, where we talk about how shitty our fucking audio was at the beginning. (laughs) Um, And we have a big progression. But... we need to take a break. Yeah. I'm excited to take a break. Um, what stands out to you the most of our first season?
1: Um, uh, Ooh, that shitty audio in the beginning. No, what stood out the most? Yeah, like what's an answer we haven't given on... Oh, we also are going to be featured in a magazine coming up. So that's something like look Yeah, for. we have things that tied you over for yeah. a month. Yeah. We promise you won't miss us. Um, I don't know. I feel like what stands out to me most in season one is probably probably fuck ooh okay well my well my dad passed away yeah yeah that makes sense yeah that was um
0: I feel like that episode brought us closer but also like unlocked something within the podcast around like what you were comfortable with sharing mm-hmm. yeah which I like think... not
1: that i needed you to like give more or whatever i think it allowed both of they us they always to, like, want more honey okay all right <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah that because the exact same reason as you said i feel like i uh i really turned a corner yeah after that episode so yeah yeah what about you um i would I mean, it's hard for me to, like, pick a guest
0: because I don't have that in my brain in terms of what we've talked about. But Mm -hmm. what stands out to me, one, is just, like, when people I see, like, three months later are like, oh, my God, by the way, that episode really changed how I thought about that. I had someone tell me that they got on antidepressants because they heard our antidepressant episodes and, like, it helped them rethink and talk with their doctor about it. Yeah. Um, So that's cool. But for me, I'm just like... You know, the conversation with Lucia about eating disorders, when we talked to BJ Rudd about um, black people going to therapy, too, and that relationship, and then also, you know, being able to talk to the Vixen and these other people that have, like, been on TV, like, not that that was, like, not that I find that as, like, inherently important or whatever, like, at the beginning when we had just some of my friends and community members share their stories really openly, that episode at the beginning of the pandemic where um essential workers called in and shared like a little bit about what they were offering and what they were experiencing like all of those things have just kind of culminated in a new way that I think about queer mental health and it wasn't just my experience or your experience or what I was doing in school it really came from talking to all
1: these people so what stood out to you about season one was season one What do
0: you hope for the (laughs) other
1: person? Uh, I can start. Okay.
0: One, stop being a cunt. And then two, um, I, let's see. I hope for you that, and when I say hope for the other person, I'm meaning like during this time of the break. We'll obviously catch up. We'll figure out what's going on. Oh, right. Okay. But for me, number one is I want you to get some dick. Like, okay, like that's what I want for you. I want you to have like a slutty summer. I want your shorts to be up your ass crack.
1: Oh, right. I need to change my shorts then. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, your shorts are fine. But I just like,
0: I want that for you. I, as like, as the sun is coming out and as you're enjoying, especially your like potentially last summer in Portland, I, I want you to have just like the most fun. I want you to, um, allow work to be work, but also to let that like slide away to like, Enjoy yourself That's what I want for you
1: Maddie uh, Stop it
0: Um, Do you have any
1: wishes for me? No okay. I have none okay. I hope you have A good time in That's June. Good. That's okay No no Thank I hope you, you have a pr- Honestly I do I hope you have a very like As stress free as possible move Um, <clears throat> I've moved quite a few times in life And you know Each time it gets a little bit better Um, But I also understand It's not an easy thing to just do So I hope yeah. that you know, it's as stress-free as possible that you get down there safely, that everything just goes, like, swimmingly and smoothly. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like, you know, I've gotten school and
0: licensure and this, like, job out of the way. I don't have a place to live yet, but we'll figure that okay. out. We'll figure that out. That's
1: the next important thing. <laughs> yes. Everything
0: else is falling into place. That'll happen to. That's right. Um, okay. Well, let's move into, and what about it? Mm-hmm. Um the, section of our podcast where we talk about pop culture, politics, and whatever the hell else we want today. We're not talking about politics because honestly, I'm still over it. I just, we will get back to it. I promise. The beginning of our show was very political and I don't want to offer that we don't care about these things anymore. That's not true. I think that we just have incorporated that into the work a little bit. So anyway, how about we talk about these little tweeny sensation. um, Oh, tweens. Miss Olivia Rodrigo with her new album. Um, What's it called? I think Sour. Sour. It's called Sour. It's a
1: sour Sour. Mm. Okay, how do you feel mm. about this album? Um, I liked it. I think that We'll see with this young lady. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, she's a little Disney princess or something, right? Like she's it?
0: from she's from the era of Disney After Us. Is she? Yeah. Oh. Wow, that explains a Cause lot. Because I think that boyfriend that this whole thing is about was also a Disney That's person. right. That driver's license song. Which I don't
1: like that song. I... It's fine if you do. I just... I, well, I don't... I don't... Like it. It's like one of those songs that we've talked about this. Like, it's... Why would... I don't actively go look for that song and listen to it why would i want to be put in that mood why would i want to be sad and it's not even that it's a sad like i don't consider it sad because i am not going through (laughs) that yeah exactly i mean this album
0: is for 17 year olds like it's absolutely for that i i feel like if i had had it when i was going through a breakup or something it might resonate with me more it feels a little bit to me i'm like well i do appreciate that it is like one theme the whole thing is being mad at an ex yeah. and being pissed that this person also started dating someone very soon after. Yeah. Like that is literally the thesis of this album. At age like 17. What? Oh, at age like 17. I thought yeah. you said I aged like 17. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like cheese. I don't know what that means. Um, but I I feel like for me, the standouts are brutal. The album opener. Yeah, I love it. And song. good for you. I think mm-hmm. the, the one where she's like, I'm, I'm stupid and I can't parallel park or whatever. Yeah, I'm actually gay and can parallel park. You can? I can. I
1: can too. Yeah. I think that is a gay myth. I mean, I think it's that, all, you that can't. myth
0: also comes out from like queer people that were raised in cities. Oh yeah. You know well, what I mean? They
1: also have a lot of other things wrong with them.
0: I mean I do have a lot of speeding tickets under my belt. But I, as do I. <laughs> there we go. So, so we can drive, but we just like also can't. Um, to me, I'm also listening to it and I I don't really like the ballads that much. One of, one of, part of it is just like the poetry just isn't for me. Like it doesn't resonate that no, much no, to, for no, no. me. But um, the Deja Vu one sort of hits. But for me, Brutal and Good For You are like the standouts. I think when I'm also listening to it, I'm like, oh, I would just rather listen to Paramore. Like, mm.
2: like I'm like, there you I get
0: where this is going, and I and and when I was 17 and a little bit younger, I had Paramore, and so that's what how I feel about that. I also think Willow did it a little bit better on yeah. Transparent Soul. I yeah. think that that is like this to me feels like, what if I like pretended to be a rock
1: star? It's like what if I became Avril Lavigne's clone? It does have a little bit of Avril. Lavigne it has a little bit of Avril Levine to it. I also find it strange that this girl like didn't have an album planned at all before the beginning of this year. I mean, she's an industry person, I guess. But I mean, the fact that it doesn't suck helps. I mean, right? It does. It's, it's not a sucky album, but it did. It, there for me, there was this sort of um, superficiality. Is that a word? Absolutely to it all, where I was kind of like, she's this doing is that not... Taylor Swift thing of like,
0: I am gorgeous but oh i'm just so different i'm not like the other girls
1: you don't like because i'm not like them oh you you said the taylor swift word and now i feel like that's exactly the i mean trajectory she's gonna have because the thing about this album is i don't consider it like i i feel like this is gonna be an album that's gonna be on people's like albums of 2021 like best albums. it is a solid piece of work okay yeah i mean
0: i feel like uh we feel that way because we're you know edging 30 whatever but like um I don't know. I, I, I want all good things for this little girl. I'm not yeah. like trying to shit talk on like a child. Whatever. I just Psh, I will. I will know. <laughs> <that>. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a child. Give me anyone. I'll shit talk <laughs> Um I just I think that I'm excited for this resurgence of pop punk or you know this sort of rocky. Yeah. It hits for me. I know it doesn't hit as much for you, but it hits for me. I just am ready for Willow's album because I want it to like beat this album into the dust.
1: Oh, and it will because she just released that
0: new music video that she hadn't had yet. It like the transparent soul video just came out, oh. and it is good. One of the things that I love is that, um, well, you know how the kids are doing like blush everywhere these like, days. Ugh, it's too much blush. I hear you, but I also am obsessed with it. But <laughs> Willow does this uh, like blasted eyeshadow, and it looks like she's wearing this like red glossy wet mask. It's so hot. And she's, like, performing in this dirty club and also plays herself. As, it, it's a cute video. Okay. The transparent video. Yeah. Okay. It's very good. Um, have you listened to this DMX posthumous album, Exodus?
1: I did not. I Honestly, yeah, I saw that it was released. It was a surprise to me. And yeah. I said, not yet.
0: I'm going to be honest. I heard it this morning when I was, like, looking up th- music that came out this weekend. Because I went camping, so I just I didn't listen to yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, But um, I watched the video for that hood blues that came out of, like, Seeing him recording the song, it like it was honestly it was sad to watch like yeah. this person record the song. But this album has Jay Z, Nas, Swissbeats, Usher, L- Lil Wayne, Alicia Keys, and and more folks that I'm sure. Bono's on it. Like <laughs> that's random. That is, <laughs> that is so random. It feels random, uh, but, but it honestly, also
1: feels like it makes sense. Like Dmx and Bono probably were like best friends. Maybe so. I could see it honestly now. Yeah. The more I think about it,
0: um, it's. Of what I listen to, it's a really like solid piece of work. I It also, I'm happy that it doesn't feel like, what if he scrambled together these like random clips of this person? It feels like there were some songs that could have been real songs and were going to be released. But also it's like his first release since like a long time uh, ago. A very long time. I don't even know the number um, of years. I wonder if it's going to be the last one or if there's more in the vault or something.
1: Like <sighs> there's always more in the vault. I know. I know. It depends on the family. Uh, it depend on the family oh and what they like have locked away yeah what they allow yeah like, who's in charge of the estate of dmx right really honestly truly. well if it's
0: like selena's family there'll be something new every
1: year every year every <laughs> yeah. six months or if it's like Aaliyah's family we'll just get a youtube channel 25 years later didn't it didn't they finally open up releasing to streaming um or is that i feel like it I was heard the youtube that. channel they made Oh. where I think they put all her music now. I don't know if it's on Spotify and stuff yet. I think they're figuring it out. I feel like I saw an announcement that it w- I don't know. We're old. We don't know. But um, I also just want to th-
0: shout out because we didn't. Um, the Lil Nas X Sun Goes Down song. H- have you heard it?
1: How Do you feel anything about it? Do I feel anything about it? I think it's cute. I like
0: it. I think it's really cute. It's I- really cute. To me, I prefer the like uh, more like middle finger songs he has. Of course. But um, it's very sweet and when I'm like tired it makes me feel like emotional Oh, you know I'm like oh I get this like when I don't know it's very cute I mean and also to like I think that queer suicide is when you're a teen is a thing and so like you know having a song about like that and then flashing back in this video to him working at Taco Bell. And also, he finally acknowledges him being a barb, which he hasn't done, like, his whole career. Oh, my God. We knew it, though. I know we did, but, like, he hasn't done it. I think that, like, at one point, he was like, yeah, that was me, whatever that account name was, that troll oh, account. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, I also saw a video. He's like, well, one time, Nikki said, like, thanks on Twitter for... Because she found out that I ran that account, but, like, we haven't talked since. But I kind of hope that they have a song together. Like... I feel like that would be really oh, cute. It'll happen.
1: I feel like I don't think it's time
0: yet, but it'll happen. I feel like it won't be on this album Montero, mm-hmm. but I bet on some remix of the album I like could see later, that. like a I year later that. depending on how it charts. Depending on how it charts. I mean, so far everything he has done has been Yeah, it's
1: been good. I was looking at his YouTube views. I was like, okay, people watch your video. The
0: SNL performance was honestly iconic which one the month for Montero yeah yeah it was so the SNL stage has not seen that much fun in so long and then he splits his pants and it's just the funniest thing it is like his face is terror but also like he looks like a th- he goes from being this like hot 21 year old to like a third grader in a second in a heartbeat like he yeah goes, I was suddenly like oh, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> his face is just so shocking also so like
1: Luna's ex introduce me to your trainer because your body is right like I insane if there's one thing I will respect about this little boy it is his body <laughs>
0: no, that is a statement okay what else have you been listening to <laughs> that was weird to say into a microphone
1: um uh, what else is happening I don't know I've been listening to Ariana a lot
0: okay like positions where you going to sleep no nope, that's you, the one album i did not listen yeah, to hard skip
1: hard skip um no i don't know i was just in like an art you know what it was i think it was olivia rodrigo and her being this like pop considered like this new another disney princess. Yeah. yeah i was like well now i want to listen to like a pop queen and i was like why not i feel like the most recent example i have is ariana grande like i don't know who comes up after ariana in terms of what i don't pop? know. Yeah.
3: You know, I, I mean, feel like there's
1: this, like, timeline of, like, who's in, like, the top spot when it comes to pop. And I feel like Ariana is still there. Yeah, I feel like right now it's probably, like, her and Gaga. The difference is, is that, like,
0: Gaga doesn't promote anything. There you go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ariana still has to do the thing all the time. Gaga's like, here's a fucking album, you fags. Yeah. yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. you listen listened
1: to this for literally five years. Yeah.
0: We also, oh, you know what? We did just get this, like, born in this way. It was the re- um, re-release or it was the ten year anniversary. Oh yes, so yes. So they did yes. a remaster thing. Yeah. It's not out yet. Or it might be by the time this comes out. But they put out the Big Frida version of um, Judas, and it is kind of funny. It's a little bad, but it's kind of funny and really cute. And I, 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 I like think this that. whole thing is gonna be queer artists or queer adjacent people, okay. which I'm really excited about. Okay. Like because Born This Way is my favorite Gaga album. Like hmm. in terms of well, because it kind of has that like cheeky rock. Stuff
1: to it Exactly Meanwhile Fame Monster is mine That exists Yeah No I'm just kidding it's, ob- it's, obviously, it's obviously It's obviously It's the one that has the stuff Like it is the It is I mean it's like Fame it Monster is the album Yeah it's like Fame Monster it. Then Chromatica for me Honestly actually It might be Chromatica than Fame Monster They're kind of like Tied for it me hits I'm really excited For the yeah. Chromatica remix
0: Yeah Anyway Uh, Also to be gay, Ariana Grande got secret married to this kid named Dalton Gomez, who is one of the evie Lucians of men who look like Pete Davidson. Which she also, during all these, like... Oh, I see what you're doing here. Thank you. And then she also (laughs) had these tattoos that were missing from all these photos. Yeah, including Evie. Including the Evie tattoo. Mm -hmm. But then when she was performing with The Weeknd, some of the tattoos came back. Like... Not all of the same ones were missing, so it's unclear whether she, like, was using makeup for all of them, Mm. has gotten some removed, or, like, what's going on? It's a hologram. She's a hologram.
1: She is a hologram.
0: And as much as I don't like The have Has anybody
1: actually seen Ariana Grande in real life? Like, up close and personal. Like, place your hand on her shoulder. I mean, not me. Okay. She's a hologram. (laughs) What have you been watching? (laughs) Have you been watching anything? Speaking of holograms, I've been watching... Um, not much, honestly. Let's see. I did watch that high on the hog show because you told me to.
0: Okay. You have like a sad face when you're saying that to me.
1: Because I got done watching the first episode. I was like, why did Maddie tell me to watch this
0: show? What? I thought it was so beautiful.
1: (laughs) No, it was beautiful, but at the end, I was like crying. And then I was like, oh, why? Uh, Okay. But also, but I
0: feel like it is intense, but it holds it very sweetly. No, it does. And like that woman in that, like, (sighs) who wrote the book High on the Hog, which is sort of this inspiration. I'm really sorry that I don't have the name of her, but it's hosted by this man, Stephen Satterfield. Um, it's this documentary series about moving through African culture and African American culture and like the effects and the influence of African American cuisine on America. Um, I mean, just hearing about yams and like, I mean, and we've talked about this before off yams. the mic, I think not yams specifically, but how like, Soul food and Southern food are just so intertwined and kind of like so similar. I, it wasn't until I came out West when I realized that like um, me talking about collard greens was like a black thing. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to me, that is like my grandma. But obviously, I know why, you know, because of this history that's talked about. There's that man talking about, I think it's in the second episode, he's talking about um, the South Carolina's golden rice specifically. Or mm. Carolina rice, but golden Carolina rice, something like that. Anyway, he's like, this literally would not exist without slavery. Like, the only reason this mm. is here. And he talks about how, like, it fell off once... Uh, after the Civil War, because there was no one who knew how to fucking grow it because they weren't forced to grow it anymore. So all these white people who owned all these plantations just had this thing like fall to waste and all this wasted land.
1: And then people yeah. started bringing it back. But rice is what built this country. I learned. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a, It's a good show. I think that at first I was a little apprehensive because I am... Um, just like you know like rock and country are genres of music that I'm like eh about cooking and like food shows I'm always very eh about I feel the same unless it's done like this where it's like right.
0: a historical story
1: right which is I was into it more than I thought I was going to be like at first I was just like I don't care about the recipes and watching them eat this food that no. like I can't taste Um, but there's much more history to it there's much more uh, there's a lot of emotion in there yeah there's a lot of emotion and i i like
0: it and i'm sorry maybe i was either too white or too high last night to not like feel as much as was being presented like mm-hmm. i definitely got teary-eyed but it did not feel like bashing me over the head with like black feelings does that make sense like yeah. it, it, it did not feel manipulative that's what i'm trying to say right it wasn't like a sh- it didn't feel like a show that was like you better
1: cry bitch no, It was like things were sweet and I mean, it and feels intense, very personal. Yes. That's what I enjoy about it. Like, it feels like... At first, I thought it was going to be this, like, preachy, like, here's the history of black people doing this, and you should, like, this is stuff... I thought it was going to be one of these things where how I approach a lot of, like, black history mm-hmm. programming, or I'm like, I know this already because yeah. I am black. Like, I don't need to be taught this because it's in my... Like, it's in my blood, literally. Yeah. Um. But it's not that at all. It is very much so like this man's personal sort of just like desire to learn more about um, black cuisine and yeah. the diaspora and how like how American cuisine has truly been influenced and shaped by like black yeah. people which that part and again this is part of the apprehension. It was like well duh. Like I kind of went into it like I don't need to watch a show about that. I know that already. Right. But again like there's just there's more of the history there. There's more about him getting back to his roots and connected with um, African culture. I'm not even mm-hmm. gonna call it black culture. African culture. Yeah, for sure. That is, um, that is different. And it, it just feels like a very personal, sweet note to Africa yeah. from this from this man.
0: And discussing cuisine that happened like pre-slavery, like this is what was existing before there was Western influence. I like loved that. Was obsessed with that. And yeah, I've only seen the first two episodes. I assume it's gonna like travel much more outside of Africa and South Carolina. I'm like, sure. I'm sure that's what it's gonna do. But um. I just it's so beautifully shot and like them going through that town that's um all on water. Which was oh, like yeah. the place that the folks escaped to and like could not yeah. be left alone. That's with a G. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at the things. Same. But um it but just anyway, I'm I'm yeah. glad that you like didn't hate it. But no, like, I, didn't I hear your feelings about it. it.
1: No, no, I didn't hate it. I will definitely probably tune in for episode two or three. We'll see how long I can like stick with it in terms of excitement i feel like
0: it's max six episodes yeah
1: yeah um, it'll probably be well i could see them doing multiple seasons yeah i mean i'm happy that it exists yeah i'm definitely happy because i haven't seen anything like it before so i definitely would i mean also don't watch a lot of cooking shows but yeah. i haven't seen anything like i it. haven't either and i feel like the
0: ones that netflix have put out have been really like bro like
1: there's something that zach efron show
0: that one there's that one with that um that asian chef guy who like Oh yeah, only pretty much had other men on his show, and there was an episode where he like went to Sweden and, and, and like the guy and him just like made fun of their wives together. I hated it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that show is called. I forgot, but it's like it is cool how that man is like trying to like influence yeah. Korean culture within this. Like you know, what is four five star cuisine? What does this mean? You know, yeah. I get the query. I just hate the show. You know, um, and other cooking shows, I'm like. Okay, you're just a drunk woman. Like you're just you're just like you're just drunk. Like I don't you're know what. Just like, drunk. I don't get it. Just a drunk white woman. I feel like eating. the the style of Anthony Bourdain's is something that I sort of get, where it's like a it's studying culture utilizing food to study culture. Right. Which Anthony Bourdain still has this white lens to it, but like Yeah. It used to be my fall asleep show for a long time, especially after he died. R.I.P. Um Speaking of R.I.P., I guess the Friends reunion (laughs)
1: get revived for a minute. Great job. You didn't watch. Of course not. Yeah. Did you ever watch Friends? Did you ever care about it? So I tried. This is actually funny. I'll talk about this in my uh, taking my meds. But I saw my aunt um, this past weekend, my lesbian aunt. And um, she was like, I don't even like. And my aunt is like Friends era. Like that's like she's that demographic Except for the fact that she's black, yeah. So she was just like, "I don't get that show," and I was like, "I've watched two seasons of it, like yeah. trying to force myself to understand the like cultural phenomenon that is fr- the thing, like the thing that is Friends," and I also do not fucking get it, yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't watch the reunion. I don't really care. I don't really care about any of those people. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with their lives. I mean, the Fresh Prince reunion, Fresh Prince means more to me, a lot more to me than, like, friends. That's ever totally fair. I you think
0: know? um friends for me was, like, this thing that my parents found okay in sexual... Sexual... Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, it's, like, really the same thing. Secular culture. <laughs> um, and, oh, yeah. And so it was, like, this adult show that was on in my house that I had to, like... If it came on, it was, like, you guys have to go away. So in my mind, it was, like, dirtier or it was, like, more oh. adult than it was. So I... When I was a teenager and watched it, I was like, I just... It, I kind of grew up with it and that it was around me. And then it was also just like the zeitgeist. I mean, they were on every fucking magazine cover, you know. Yeah. But And I a little bit have always been obsessed with Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow. Like, those women are just like... Yeah. I was curious to see what they had to say about themselves.
1: It was... Lisa Kudrow, there was one product Lisa of Couturell that show and is honestly is Phoebe Buffay are yeah.
0: like both characters and the person are like sweet kind beautiful hilarious people Do that you know what is I mean?
1: that is the one person thing from that show I can like vouch and be like I enjoy that person
0: one reason to not feel left out uh James Corden fucking
1: hosts the oh yeah I heard that and I
0: definitely didn't need to tune I did to not that. know that until I was watching Why? it it was a mess I will say it's like two hours long I don't know did Malala call in She did. And her best friend or something. There was a lot to call. I mean, there was these elements of because there's no black people in the show. They get all these people from Africa and all these other places to be like, here's what's important about the show to me. Because like even if I didn't have any friends, I was able to watch friends and like it's. It's a mess. Uh, uh, the men of the show, Matthew Perry's lips have disappeared. Like one of his <laughs> lips is like curled underneath Ew, them. wow. It's disgusting. He looks so gross. Um, Courtney Cox looks amazing. Uh Lisa uh, the women look amazing. I don't know. I
1: Oh yeah, her Gaga guy...
0: comes on and sings um Smelly Cat with her. Gaga? She comes in and smells and honestly it was annoying. It was basically like her just being a theater girl, but um She looked amazing. She dressed kind of like Phoebe and she was, she looked hot. She had these like little like Lizzie McGuire hairs. Yeah. It was very cute. Um, But (laughs) the reunion, I mean, I don't know. I get the whole thing. Also HBO, the Mayor of Easttown finale is tonight. And have you been watching that show? Okay, no, but I actually watched the first episode. Okay, literally from episode three on, it just gunshot, it just goes. It is like cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. They left us on one last week. I literally am so angry that I don't have the ending to tell you. It's so oh. good. It's so good. <laughs> okay. I know when we started it, I was like, LOL Kate Winslet in a accent, yeah. which is the hook. But it becomes a great show. It becomes I'll, a great yes. show.
1: My aunt also was like, oh, you need to watch that. Like, you do, you need girl. need to get into it. It's and I so was like, good. Good. oh, okay. It's so, good. It's All so right. good. Um We didn't watch this. Cruella, have you? Seen? I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay. I'm, okay. Maybe I'll watch... No, I'm going to watch Cruella before Tupo. the mayor of Easttown. Um, yeah, it's, or, or or it's like, a holiday. I feel like I'm surprised that it's getting
0: great reviews. Cruella? It's getting great reviews. I read a not great review. Okay,
1: party. <laughs> I I mean, I, I, you let me know. I feel like if you like it, I might. And you know, when it comes to Disney, it don't take much. But so, like, if I don't like this movie, like, y'all had to really try to mess it. Okay, Cruella. I'm the opposite. It does Although take I much. Although I did hear that there's, like, a disassociative identity disorder thing. within her? Yeah, thing going oh. on but they do it completely wrong, which makes sense because it's Hollywood. I feel
0: like it's just like her parents were killed by
1: donations and now she has a vendetta. That is probably the plot. Also heard that there's like some um there's like Devil Wears Prada mixed with Annie, mixed with hmm.
0: so it sounds like a mess but Emma Stone can carry it, I guess. Maybe, maybe so, maybe so well, you let me know. I feel like I saw a lot of people being like, that movie was good as shit, and I... Really. It has an it? okay it's Rotten Tomatoes, It's two and a half too. hours long. Damn. That's like Tenet. I might
1: have to wait, though, until it's like not pay-per-view. Well, if I buy it, and it's good, I'll watch it again View. Okay. Yeah done if i watch it in this will probably watch it again with you and just get really fucked up so i don't have to like pay yeah attention. i'm not watching that sober um <laughs> okay
0: so uh as we exit i just kind of wanted to like throw this out there blues clues had on this is insanity it is insanity. <laughs> had, and we, honestly what we might do is put some of this song as the transition to our next uh, uh next bit of the work but blues clues hired nina west to come on and sing this pride song where Blue goes to the Pride Parade and sings this song into the tune of the ants go marching. And so she's like The families come in it's one by too one. Much. Hurrah. Hurrah. And just goes down and is like, these are dykes, it's these are gays, these are trans uh, yeah, people, these yeah. are non-binary dolphins. I
1: like I felt <laughs> like personally offended and yeah. like she was not talking about it. I was no. just like, girl, what are you
0: doing? It's simultaneously so cute and like, you know, okay, kids, but there's something demonic about it. Like, it really is like... It's creepy. like demonically
1: inclusive. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Which I mean, like, maybe speaks to the Christian narrative, <laughs> but like, so. it, it's like, am I being bullied? I don't know. But it, it also, I feel like, has this kind of sanitization of what Pride is, and I... I, I'm h- really holding two minds of it. Like, I, while I think it's amazing that there's, like, something for the kids in terms of education, I'm also just, like, Pride isn't just families. And, like, there's sometimes drugs at Pride and also kink at Pride. Don't ask the asexual kids about that. But there is. And I... um, <laughs> w- We don't have to go into that shady. story. But, like, <laughs> um, there's... uh, That's not to, like... Deem ace people as whatever, but there's this like horrible Tumblr, Twitter narrative that like gay sex doesn't belong at Pride, and it's just like, grow the fuck up. Um, I yes, just. It does, it belongs everywhere. It does, um, but also throwback to our one of our season one episodes, uh, Pride is a Riot. I think that we mm. get really mm. into like. I don't want to repeat myself so go listen to our shitty audio but also great content along Maybe that episode we'll remaster it yeah and it was specifically yeah let's remaster <laughs> i don't know if that's even possible we our just 20th, have to re-record it
1: yeah our 20th year anniversary yeah
0: 20th
1: our 20th i'm already
0: tired okay let's <laughs> uh, let's take a break and we will be right back with the rainbow road babes Babes, Welcome back from the break. We are joined this week by Travis and Mike of Rainbow Road Podcast, self-described duo of gamers, that's with the Y friends, who discuss the world of gaming through a queer lens. I love your podcast so much because I think that it not only points out gay characters that I, or queer characters or queerness within games that I would not have known or paid attention to, but also revisits these things that are played as straight but you're like no no no. i see the faggot in that and i appreciate that so much (laughs) um thank you both for being here welcome welcome welcome
2: thank you so much um yeah thank you so we're so excited to be here uh it's nice because we were taking a couple breaks off of um our own podcast because we've been crazy busy so it gives us a little something to do Mm -hmm. i love it um keep the queens employed or you know like volunteering or whatever (laughs) we're
0: we're actually this is our last episode of season one we're about to take a little summer break we're right behind you i'm moving so we're right behind you and and needing to like take a pause so thanks for being here on our season finale
1: that's actually really cool i I didn't know that that's that's nice yeah, no, mm-hmm. no pressure whatsoever. But you have to make this the like most listened to episode. Yeah, of the otherwise, case. I was What's just about point? to
3: say that's so much pressure. As, uh, like this is the season finale.
1: Entertain. Is there going
3: to be, a, gonna be okay, like a big so, reveal? Is someone yeah, we got to have
1: a
2: cliffhanger, like a real good hook at the end of this? So Mike, Someone's we got to get married. Something. Okay, cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I am ordained. So, you know, say the word? <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't just drop that. You you, you got to explain that. <laughs> I I'm lying. I just I'm lying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go with the bit, but I also I figured it wouldn't matter because I don't think it like if I'm ordained here in the states, I don't think it matters in Toronto. So, mm. <laughs>
1: This
2: is true. Shiny. We actually need a, a beaver to preside over <laughs> proceedings the proceedings here up. in order for it to be legally binding. <laughs> oh my god.
3: Whew. I was going to say you are you are the father. And now we have to have a shotgun wedding.
0: Okay. Oh. Oh. We are from the States, so that we, there's lots of guns everywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> everywhere. Um, okay, so we've talked about Canada, but what identities do you hold that shape how you come into this world?
3: <laughs> Mike, do you want to go first? Okay, so I read when we were talking about, I was like having a little inner monologue about this. I, yeah. When you say come into this world, like what do you, what do you mean? Like how do we show up?
0: Yeah. So I think uh, when we talk to people and whoever we talk to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we have a certain lived experience. We have these identities that we hold, like queerness, maleness, cisness, transness, uh, where you're from. Like, uh, do you have any mental illnesses? Uh, these are things that I'm thinking about for myself. But like whatever these things are that shape how you view the lens of
3: uh, that
1: who you are,
0: who you are.
3: Totally. I, so I am a sociologist by trade. And so one of the things we talk about in sociology is, like, labeling theory and how when you affix a label to something, it changes the way you perceive it. And, and after studying this part of sociology, I then, like, had this, like, ma- major quandary with, like, that whole, or major, like, issue with that. So I have a, I have a hard time thinking about, like, the labels that I affixed to myself. But, but truthfully, there, there are some that, that do exist. Like, I feel like I, you know, I, I definitely very adhd um i definitely have struggled with depression anxiety um uh you know but th- uh, you know gamer uh queer person um what are all the hashtags that i would put on the twitter account of my life i don't know um <laughs> that is a great i swear to god if you say Insta Gay, i am locking off right now <laughs> <laughs> uh no i don't know um but i think that those are the ones that sort of stick out but i, th- I think it's also because of the atmosphere we're in right now in terms of like being on your show which is i feel like is very mental health focused um even your first couple episodes are like i think your first episode ever is called intake
1: yeah, we don't have <laughs> yeah i'm so either. sorry you had to listen I'm, to that yeah we cannot apologize <laughs>
3: enough <laughs> well you know it's like you said it's the end of your your season right so it sort of has to like there's a meeting moment has a tie back to the start of things it's got a bookend um, right yeah, yeah thank exactly. you for the callback. We're bookending Break no problems um, yeah. but i but i feel like because, because you guys have a, this very mental health focused uh, show, we have, like Travis and I have a very um, like gaming and queer oriented show, LGBT. Um, those are the sort of labels that stuck out to me when you asked that question.
0: Absolutely. Travis, what's going on with you?
2: Um, I'm a little mad that I let Mike go first because he has a much more sociological take on it and I, I got nothing, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> But um, of the labels that I would give for myself, um, queer, definitely. Um, I am pansexual. I'm still working on that one. That's been a bit Mm -hmm. of a quarantine journey, as I've been trying to discover that about myself. Um, I have identified as a gay man for a very long time, uh, but... Uh, I'm starting to realize that I do have attraction towards women. It just is not the same as my attraction towards men. Right. Um, I just listened to
0: this episode where you were talking about this. I'm
2: happy to have you opening up about that now. Yeah, I I just, I, uh, I I really like the term queer because it gets me out of having to explain myself. Um, Yes, same. (laughs) It's very convenient uh, for that fact. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I would use the term pansexual as well, um, i know there's always like a bit of discourse around using bisexual or pansexual um and for me specifically on a very personal level the difference is that when i try to refer to myself as bisexual i it seems to carry an implication that i have equal attraction to all genders right um whereas pansexual i feel like gives me a little more wiggle room to explain the fact that like uh it's a different kind of attraction right um so you're coming out as biphobic yeah exactly there you go as long as <laughs> we can boil it down to that that's what matters yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I would say that and then of course uh, the mental illnesses that have shaped my life which are um, ADHD uh, bipolar type 2 and CPTSD so uh, complex I think PTSD I think is what the C stands for I should know that this is what I live with but um uh, <laughs> uh, and then beyond that I <laughs> This sounds so bloody pretentious, but I, I am going to say storyteller, because between the podcast and the fact that I work in film and television, um, and what helps me understand the worlds, and what lens I look at most things through is through a storytelling lens. So I feel like that actually is really important to describing me and understanding me as a person is understanding that that's a very important thing to me.
1: I have a question. Yeah. You said bloody. Is that like a Canadian thing, or are you British?
2: Um, no, I just seem to have picked up a bunch of British-isms, which give people the impression that I'm from there, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> like you so saw not, Skins no, one too many times? <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank
0: you both for like uh, that beautiful lead-in and kind of the summary. I think um, the reason we ask it is because, like, especially with audio, there's like there's not all these things that you can see or pick up on when you're in person talking with someone. And also when you have these intimate relationships with people, you kind of know this backstory, you know, like what people are bringing. And I I think it shapes how we answer things. I think it shapes how we think about things. So it's like, we like to start by just like, how do we come to queerness? If this, if that's the sort of baseline that we're working with, What's what else is there that's surrounded by that? Um, but I also deeply understand this thing around labeling takes away and gives something to it. So I appreciate you yeah. referring to. Um tell me about Rainbow Road. How did it start? Like just give the listeners a little bit of a summary.
3: Okay, sure. Uh, Mike, do you mind if I take this one? No, I was going to I was going to say that you should even if I if yeah, go. <laughs> okay. Wow, y'all, um, are
2: such
1: a good little duo. You like cute. Your,
2: you're so yeah. Cute. <laughs> Uh, Rainbow Road started, um, at the start of quarantine last year, uh, because I was taking a lot of, like, mental health walks to get out of the basement apartment I was living in, and I was trying to find a podcast that talked about my favorite hobby, which was video games, um, because of the stories that they tell, uh, that also talked about it from a queer lens, because a lot of the gamer podcasts that are out there are very, like, straight bro kind of things, and, uh, it didn't really... Um, it, it wasn't something that I was looking for. And I, I felt very uncomfortable in a lot of those spaces, but I still wanted to talk about it and, and share my feelings about it. So because I couldn't find a podcast like that, I ended up um, I ended up saying, you know what, I've got the equipment. I'm going to do it myself and see what happens. Um, and immediately I thought of Mike uh, because he is so much smarter than me <laughs> um, and has his sociology take on everything that is so much more... Um, backed up in his thoughts, whereas I just have unearned confidence in everything that I say.
1: Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, Travis is definitely giving me too much credit. Uh, and and also, first of all, uh, yeah, you're giving me, that's, okay.
2: <laughs> it's true, though, it's true. Mike, just, Mike just said is thank also you. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Mike is also just funnier than me, so it really works out well. Don't that say I could, that.
0: Don't okay, say this, that.
2: It's true though,
0: <laughs> but then, wow. I find your giggle me. to be like intoxicating, Travis. So <laughs> I, I agree. Don't put that. Don't. I mean, Mike's not funny. That's the point. You know what I mean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you. See, set the bar
0: low. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> bring him in. Bring him in. Yeah, Mike. What about you? Is that like how you view your work together?
3: Yeah, yeah. I would say that's pretty accurate, except for the fact that I wasn't the original co-host for the show.
1: Oh my God! We're gonna do this oh. on air. We're gonna because okay, oh. we haven't talked about this on air before. Air out the dirty laundry. Yes. It's just yeah, into it's their a season finale. Show. We gotta bring the tea. There we go. There okay. we
3: go. All right, call me out in front of the whole (laughs) podcast.
1: I'm obsessed. This is an exclusive QBT listeners. It is. It is. is Okay. Exclusive. So, So, yes,
3: you. We haven't talked about this on our show. I feel like.
2: No, we've always done it in like the digital green room, and we've laughed about it, but we've never actually talked about it on air.
3: This is the perk about being on someone else's show, right? Is that (laughs) that's true? That's true. This is true.
2: Okay, so to explain this, uh, no, Mike was not the original host. Um, When we did our Overwatch episode, um, pulling back the curtain a little bit here, uh, Eitan, uh, who was a guest who's been on many of our episodes, um, was actually the original host. And uh, after we had recorded it, he had said, listen, I I don't know that I'm going to have the time to commit to this. And I I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this. uh, But Mike did such a good job. Do you want to ask if he wants to be... Uh, a host full time and I said that's great it's a great idea I, I don't know if he's available and it's gonna be kind of hard now that we've recorded it but I'll ask him <laughs> and Mike thank God said yes um, right. and how could I not
3: it was so much fun
2: well yeah I'm, I'm so glad you did and <laughs> I'm also so glad for our editor because she went so and glad. rearranged the entire thing and so every time that I had thrown to Mike as a guest or thrown to Aton as a host she just swapped it around so oh you can't God. tell listening to the episode <laughs>
3: And, and I, want to, so I just want people wow. to know that, that I'm okay. I'm always okay with being your second choice. <laughs> <laughs> we love an understudy. I, yeah, I'm not I'm not above that. I'm I'm just you you know, you called your first man and then he's I'm I'll just be right there. I'll be waiting for to do you the know, fun stuff.
1: Anne Hathaway told us that she was number eight pick, the eighth pick for the Devil Wears Prada. And look at where she's at. Hating. Did she tell you or did she tell Drag Race? <laughs> she told Drag Race. Yeah, Well, you know, she told me <laughs> and Drag Race. Yeah. yeah. She just called us up. You she know? called us up like two seconds before. We got it, that
0: yeah. exclusive before she was on air. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, don't yeah, take yeah. that away from us. <laughs> um, I'm a little upset that I heard this on an episode recently before I came to talk to you because I had this ready. But um, Travis, I feel like you're going to be able to scream about this with me. But I would say I... I have a hard time identifying as a gamer just because of some of what you were naming earlier around like um, some of this toxicity about what gaming is. Also a little bit of that like name three songs kind of thing when you say your favorite band. Like I'm just like I'm a casual kind of person who dips in and out. But all of that preface. Um, I feel like. Final Fantasy X and Lulu like made me gay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I truly, I had not understood. Final Fantasy X did it for me. Too. It truly, it just is like the gayest, most beautiful, h- wonderful thing I'd ever seen. And I just like, if you are we talking kids... 10 or 10-2? 10 2? 10-2 10. 10 2 is okay. like. F- fag central for sure like it is like you know you're a pop star in whatever world <laughs> that's that is exactly what that but but yeah, like 10, to 10, 10, i didn't have it, 10 2 for a long time i just was like playing 10 so i the only time i'd ever really seen 10 2 was when they just released that remaster so 10
1: was also the only final fantasy game i like finished from beginning to end like i actually finished that whole game out and i was like all these hours and i did it <laughs> they're long
2: Yeah, Final Fantasy is an investment, no matter which game it is. (laughs) They're long games. It is a commitment that you have to invest in. And, like, the thing is, it'll also suck you dry as well. Like, that's the problem. Like, once you get invested in it, you are stuck. Like, I can't put down a Final Fantasy game or a Kingdom Hearts game or anything close to them um the second i start them and then i'm lost to the world for like two weeks <laughs> right
1: i think that's why i stopped gaming in general i was like this just took up too, too much of my life like i can't disappear into a game like that for months because it was months
0: and it like it fills your head with these images and just like you're yeah i just that that to me was one way that i we talk about media a lot here um but we don't talk about gaming a lot, which is why I was really excited to bring you on to like bring some of this in. Um, because like because I feel so casual, I feel like like my the game I've played this year is Pikmin Three, and I loved it. I had a great time, but like, you know, it's like it's not part of the like gaming conversation, so it feels dated, you know?
3: <laughs> Pikmin three. It was fucking great. <laughs> this is there, like a there's lot of nothing the wrong with little Olimar. He's he, you know, he's the man's.
0: <laughs> exactly
2: exactly he's so cute yeah. <laughs> he's our things.
0: short king <laughs> <laughs> exactly justice for the under five nines yeah No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but this is kind of the problem with a lot of the gaming industry is that yeah you have people who say that oh this is not a real game that's not a real game or you haven't played it properly because you didn't play it on the hardest mode or you watched someone stream it or you know all these different things uh that is just so goddamn frustrating because you don't hear people say that. I mean, okay. You do hear people say that about things like star Wars and stuff like that. And like, Oh, well you haven't read the, the comic books in the extended universe, blah, 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 blah. But like with a lot of other media, you know, no one is saying that you watched stranger things wrong. Like that you, that you didn't watch it properly. Um, And it's so frustrating because everyone is valid. And I know that's such a queer cliche, but it's true. Like, uh, however you choose to engage with this media is valid. And there's a lot of gatekeeping of people trying to say that, you know, you don't actually like this thing or you're not a real fan. And it's such a problem that's so endemic because I think it, it comes from a lot of, like, it was originally nerds who were the only ones who liked video games and they felt marginalized and gatekept by other forms of society uh and so now that it's become more popular and gaming has overtaken other media it is more profitable and a bigger industry than film and television um and they still feel the need to keep it just to themselves like they're like hoarding it like it's just theirs um which is ridiculous (laughs) it's that's not how this is going to work
3: yeah i was going to say that there are gatekeepers everywhere you look um. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what what you know sphere uh, you're in. It could be the gaming world. It could be the li- the literary world. Uh, it could be the fashion world. Uh, you know, Miranda Priestley, Just saying. Um. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, but there's gonna be gatekeepers everywhere, and I feel like. Um. Yeah, trying to push the envelope in terms of uh, exclusivity, or, <laughs> the opposite of that inclusivity is uh, <laughs> is definitely to me always seems like a worthwhile endeavor.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Like you saw a a gap in the discourse, and we're like, well, let's have that conversation. Um, and I feel like the loudest people within this conversation are these sort of you know gatekeepers, sort of these trash incel nerd bros. You know, like that mm-hmm. feels to that feels to be the Unfortunate or whatever stereotype of what gaming is and has been. What has it been like to be a queer gamer or, you know, the gamer with the Y like and create that community and and demand that conversation? Like, I'm just curious how that has felt in the creation of that community for you.
2: Uh, Mike, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, Go ahead. Um, So... I think we've been really lucky with the podcast um, and that we've been very welcomed by a lot of people. And we've been given a lot of opportunities to welcome on great podcasts such as this uh, and get to talk with other people. And it's it's been really a positive, wonderful experience. Um, but on a personal level, it hasn't always been this way. Um, I know that... Uh, I was really into Rainbow Six Siege, um, which is uh, a shooter video game that I really loved for its tactics and its strategy. But I had to stop playing it because the homophobic toxicity was just too brutal. Like, uh, as soon as I jumped on comms, I have a very gay voice. I know this. It's not a surprise. We love <laughs> you it's for it. A, well, it's not a surprise to them either. So when I would get on comms and be like, yo, Fuse, don't bomb the hostage. Um... And people would start, you know, just spewing slurs at me and things like that. And uh, I just I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I left the game and I've heard great things about how they've moderated the community since then. But it's just it's burned that bridge for me. I can't go back. Um, So it's still a conversation that needs to be had. We're not done with it just because Last of Us 2 had, you know, uh, queer and trans characters in it, which is fantastic and great. We're not done. We're not done having this conversation. And there are still people who need to have their eyes opened to what the real world is.
0: Yeah. Especially not done with it, because I feel like while that happened, a lot of the conversation around that was the outrage of it, right? Yup. Right, and as a non-gamer, like that's what I absorb. So, like, you, I, I, while I'm sure that there's like other discourse around it, I'm absorbing everyone being mad about it. So I'm like, well, that's still not for us, right? Like, and that, and I'm hearing that that's not true. And I'm I, I, when I listen to you all talk about that and with your guests that you have on, exploring how that's untrue in these ways, I think that's still like the larger narrative, right?
2: Yeah, and especially like it's hard to enjoy things, unfortunately, <laughs> because. Uh... Like, let's take Last of Us 2 as an example. Um, I personally really liked the game. A lot of people have a lot of very valid critiques about the way that it was set up with its narrative structure, with its pacing, with things like that. But mixed in with all that, you have on the one side reactionary douchebags who are um, saying that, you know, Ellie doesn't look hot anymore, which is really twisted for a lot of reasons. Or, you know, Abby is too muscular or they included a trans character. Therefore, the game is political now, which it's it's, it's always been. But um, so there's that. But then you also have people on the other side who I know several trans people in the community who never played the game but refused to because they heard that there was a character who experiences transphobia in the game and therefore... It was trans suffering. And uh, it's an understandable critique for sure. But having spoken with several people, several trans people who played the game, three of which we had on our episode, um, I think for those that have played it, they saw that it was not superfluous. It was not uh, more than it needed to be. It was something to tell this one story in a world where everyone is suffering for different reasons. And uh, it was handled with care and with nuance. And uh, it was a really moving and touching story. And it became really difficult to talk about because you're getting it from all sides. <laughs> so You have people who aren't familiar with gaming coming after it and people who are all too familiar with it and also coming after you. So um, it, it is a really narrow slice of, of people who have both played video games and are queer people, and can have these conversations.
1: Yeah. See, and it's... <clears throat> okay, so all of this seems really intense over a video game, right? <laughs> and I, and that's not to trash talk, but it's not to be like, no, oh, no, no, it's no, 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 for game, sure, video it's game. a piece of media. I feel the same, like, you could say the same thing about a movie that I'm up in arms about, and it's like, it's just a movie. An Ariana um, Grande album. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've crossed that's, a line, have we? It's <laughs> a line. It's not like any other form of media. Um, But I guess uh, where I'm coming from is somebody who I used to game a lot in middle school, high school, even like a good chunk of college. And then I stopped because like real world and I was just like, I don't have time for this. But I do have time for it now. Kind of not really. But like I'd like to make time for it. Let's put it that way. Um, But there's, like, this hesitancy I have around entering the gaming world because it's not the same as it was when I was, like, growing up. And there's online gaming now. And I don't know what it's like interacting with those people that I uh, am not going to see or ever meet that are probably trash-talking. That, like, I I tend to pop off when somebody's, like, saying something crazy. I'm not going to think it's, like, all, like, sport and jest. I'm probably going to say something really, really, really mean. And I'm sure they're probably doing the same thing. But long story short do you have advice do you have any direction you can point me in as somebody that is being like reborn as a gamer i guess uh mike what about your what about your
2: experiences
3: with overwatch uh you know it it depends on so shawnee wiss your question is is like how to how to become reborn as a gamer
0: yeah, and also how like, do, what are do, these entry points, and how do we like right.
1: mitigate that bullshit that is like what kept Travis out of these other games? And yeah. you know, that kind like of I could of- easily pick up Final Fantasy and just start playing that again. Like, I don't think that's it. I think it's more about um, those entry points. Like, how do I enter? I guess what seems to be this like community of gaming that like didn't exist before. Like, right? Okay. So there's this
3: new there's this new realm that has. Uh, surfaced in the wake of you exiting the gaming world. And now you're like, how does Shawnee have like a gaming renaissance of his yeah, very own? Yeah, <laughs> there we go. That's okay. it. That's gaming it. Gaming renaissance. Gotcha. Okay. So, so I would say that one of the great things, I mean, I talked about briefly about like labeling theory at the beginning. Uh, and I think it's maybe like a good point to come back to, you know, because uh, adopting like a moniker or an alias can sometimes help us. Um, discover new parts of our own identity because we're so dynamic as as beings that like walk through this world you know and we have such a wide um spectrum of thoughts and behaviors and that sometimes even thinking about yourself differently can help you explore new parts of yourself that have gone unseen for some time and so if you're if you have sort of like had this idea of who you are like in your head you know it's, it's it's the same thing with like being a queer person or being a gay person or being like you know you, there is this coming out of the closet so to speak but i feel like in gaming like you don't have to do that like you can just be like yeah i'm fart buckets like 420 and i just like go <laughs> on and like i just love to talk about farts and that could be like your thing right like you could just have like a weird quirky you know um like I go to I go to Burning Man sometimes and and part of the whole economy there is gifting and you just want to like what is the gift that you're like bringing to the community right like what is it that you have to offer as this like boundless wonderful like human being energy source um you know and and what is it that you can like bring into the atmosphere of gaming so i think that the question of like how to help Shawnee have like his own personal renaissance of gaming would be to figure out like what has just been on the tip of your tongue, uh, in terms of your own existence in the current present moment? The like, I just got back from, you know, Tennessee, and I, you know, had this re, you know, reunion, or like I would just lived through a pandemic, and like, what has changed for you, and what do you want to explore? And then like, I'm getting really deep about it. It Doesn't really have to be this deep. It it's could just lovely, be just, no, like, I'm, right. do. But- <laughs> no, I'm,
1: I'm very happy with this response. Mm-hmm. Keep going
3: cool well because you know it, but again it could just be as simple as like I, you know I just also discovered that I love making muffins and now I'm like muffin man 269 or something so like you know it could just be anything and then and then just and explore it right like also uh, we've had um, a couple of episodes where we play games that like I would never have played on my own like Life is Strange for instance and and it's funny you talk about middle school, middle school and that being the last time you really sort of connected with the gaming realm because I feel like I, I've sort of of by playing life is strange where you're you're walking through the narrative of this like young girl who it's like a coming of age story and i was like man i kind of forgot what being a middle schooler or be, being like that age was like and you know it sort of like put me back in that mindset and and i think there is a lot um but but again it's, it's such a broad like there's all sorts of stuff in the gaming sphere right like so you just got to pick whatever resonates with you personally right like maybe it's a maybe it's an rpg maybe it's just a mobile game maybe you're like hey i really like you know F- farmville and now i'm just building a farm and you know nope. and it's not that i promise. <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's bejeweled. maybe i don't know what, what's what was your what was your favorite game as a kid
1: Okay, I had this. I mean, it was literally it was Final Fantasy and and Ratchet and Clank.
0: I loved Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank nice. was my shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're both like those aren't games. <laughs> <laughs> no, are we those are. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> like Blue's <laughs> Clues. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Good for those children. Are both great choices. Those are wonderful
2: choices. Um, Final Fantasy is a huge well that you can dive into and never get out of. Um, so I mean, the thing is that there's the 15 main games. And there's all the spinoffs from those games. There's Kingdom Ooh. Hearts. There's Bravely Defaults. Kingdom there is, Hearts, yes. Uh, there's a lot of ways to go with that. Um,
0: I just
1: don't like first-person shooters. Those I've never gotten into those.
0: No, I feel like Halo was like the last time mm. that I was like... It would be like... But it was also this bonding experience with other you know, men, <laughs> you know, that, like, I, I can't even say that with, like, laughing like, laughing. <laughs> but, like, um, but it was, like, this bonding experience that, like, I was really trying to participate because I thought that's how I should participate in maleness and, like, and was still finding it so frustrating. I think something for me is that, like, I also simultaneously really, really love games when I find them easy. I am not someone who, like, I don't understand. Life is hard. Why would I want to make... My playtime hard. Like, I don't understand that. Can you all break that down for me for someone who maybe feels differently than that?
2: So what I would say, actually, is that um, there is uh, a a quiz you can take online. Um, I hate to direct you to a BuzzFeed quiz, but um, it's called the... (laughs) R.I.P. It's called the Quantic Gamer Type. So Q-U-A-N-T-I-C. And... You can answer questions about um, what do you get out of gaming? Is it storytelling? Is it world building? Is it escapism? Is it challenge? Is it competition? Is it, you know, you, you answer all these questions and it gives you a breakdown of what this says about you like you know well what kind of gamer are you what games appeal to you and then it can also make a list of recommendations based on that like if you're finding that these are the aspects that speak to you the things that you find interesting and engaging for you these are the games that highlight that and will give you that experience okay um so it's a great recommendation tool, and it's also a little nice to find out about yourself, to to find out like what is it that speaks to me, because some people really are in it for the challenge and the competition, so they play first-person shooters, they play Dark Souls and Bloodborne and things like that, where they want to develop mastery over skills but some people want to just ha- build a community they want to play sims they want to play stardew valley um,
1: i love stardew valley <laughs> see exactly it's right so like cute. I, I, there are so many games out there for so many people i you just know. i just read through the types i think i'm a slayer <laughs> that's what it said but you don't like first person shooters <laughs> but that doesn't mean that's
0: not what that means oh you're right i don't I, you read it i did <laughs> how do you feel about that question mike <laughs>
3: I, is this, So this feels like the Myers-Briggs of gaming. A little test, bit. Guess, it is yeah. a little bit, yeah. It creates like a taxonomy uh, of, of gamers. Uh, that's cool. I, again, it's like comes back to labeling, right? Like figuring out like what sort of things that you identify with and then how you can and how those labels can serve you and like the activities that you choose to spend your time on.
0: Yeah. Um, to kind of go back to some labels that you offered at the beginning, like how has the process uh, and experience of gaming impacted your mental health? Whoever wants to go first, and you're both so polite, so like jump in.
3: <laughs> We're
0: we'll calling uh, on names. Yeah.
3: May I, Travis? May I, please? Oh, you absolutely may. Mikey oh, may. Thank yes, you, sir. Yeah, Mikey may. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mother may I. <laughs> Uh, I feel like we need to throw a few more A's in there, just to really underscore that we're Canadian. But um, oh, yeah, <laughs> Oi, oh, hey, uh, we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot the question. Now, what, what was the question? <laughs> How's your mental health? <laughs> 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 in Doesn't regards that really to gaming, so why is it so um, funny? <laughs> no, it, r- good. It, good actually. Uh, so I feel like uh, gaming is an escape. Like I'm, I've always been a big escapist. Like I love the movies. I love you know these are just like I want to say activities, but you're kind of passive physically but mentally active you know what i mean when you're playing a game because if anyone looked at you while you're sitting on the couch you're kind of just like you know staring at the screen like a zombie but at the same time like i feel like your brain's cognitively going. yeah your your brain is just going right so you're you're engaging with whatever's happening um, and there have been studies that show that you know it, the, the doing a, a simulated version of a task can also help you like do the task. So like for for instance like if you're playing, I know you're not a fan, but like vis- um, first-person shooters could be like visual acuity, or if you're if you're doing like uh, like art, you know role-playing games and look like, if you're oh my god, if, uh, Travis, what was that daddy dating sim game that we dream played? daddy dream, dream daddy. daddy dream Great daddy shawnee i think this might be the one maybe you <laughs> should try okay i don't know if that fits into the slayer taxonomy category do you, matter nicely, if but it, do you it
2: play as the hired boy or the daddy or both you play as a daddy but you are also dating other daddies so oh. it's a dating sim where everyone has a kid um and everyone <laughs> is single for some reason or another except for one of them where actually he will just cheat on his wife with you hot um but, but yeah, uh, you're like a
3: single dad who is also gay in this like beautifully sort of unhomophobic. Way. It's relatively unhomophobic, right? Like I feel like it was very. It seemed yeah, like a no, very like affirming. idealistic utopia, uh, and like what dating would be like, sort of. Uh, wow. Sign so me up. That. So, okay, done. Make me yeah. account. <laughs> so I feel like that's that kind of stuff is good for your mental health in in ways, but I I think that uh, you know there is a caveat, which is that. Anything, if you do it too much, can be, uh, not so good for your mental health. So, you know, I liken it to to surfing. You know, I've I've never surfed in my life, but okay. I, like well, I was like, what? okay, uh, no, yeah, no. In Canada, we surf on the snowbank. I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah, but it won't. and uh, I, it's like finding that like perfect, way, <laughs> finding that perfect wave and like sort of riding it, where it's like it's sort of adding to your life without taking away from it. You know, so. Um but yeah, I think po- positively. So like escape with balance is what you're offering. Es- escape with balance exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm all for escapism but to only to the point where it uh it is helping you and not not hindering you, right? Mm,
0: yeah. Travis, what about you?
2: So, I have a really long answer for this and I apologize. Um, Please don't. So, um <laughs> I'm going to break it down by my various mental illnesses because um, it affects me differently for each one. So for ADHD, um, I find having, I find with ADHD that certain games help me um, stim essentially. (laughs) Like they help me um, fidget with something and I can have just a quick repetitive task. Like I really like roguelikes. Um, I like Slay the Spire when I'm really worked up with my uh, ADHD and I need to just do a quick repetitive task over and over and over again to help calm myself and help busy my thoughts so mm. that I can focus. Okay. Um, yeah, totally. I, I often do that when I'm listening to podcasts um, or whatever it may be. Uh, when it comes to my PTSD, it has been very affirming because there's quite a few games that explore PTSD uh, as a subject and it's really helped me. Um, it. it there's a lot of like imposter syndrome wrapped up with PTSD where you don't really feel like what happened was traumatizing enough to be valid um, or the flashbacks or the triggers or whatever it may be um, aren't big enough, but you see it happen to other people and it can be like, no, this is exactly what I go through and this is real and this is valid and it's very helpful. Um, With bipolar, there's less that's really directly useful, but what I can find is when I'm in a depressive episode, I have no desire to play any kind of game whatsoever. And that is usually a tip off to me when I have not noticed yet that I'm in a depressive episode. And I'm like, Oh, I have free time and I have no desire to play any game whatsoever. This means that I'm in a depressive episode because I, I, I can't find engagement in anything. I can't find anything um, that that motivates me to want to, to do anything, even though it's a, Subject of pure joy for me. Um,
3: yeah, you and, hit this level of, of anhedonia that's just like nothing seems appealing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not, because this is the thing, people who aren't familiar with depression think of it as sadness, and it's not really. It's this sort of detachment. Right, It's, it's like this, this lack of
0: access to joy.
2: Yeah, exactly, or even just contentedness. It doesn't have to be euphoria. It just has to be, you know, peace, and you can't even latch onto that. It's just nothingness. Um, so that has been helpful for me for my mental health. And just in terms of like general and the same way we would talk about fitness for physical health, I would say like fitness for mental health, um, games have been really wonderful for me because, uh, I just, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's, uh, uh, okay, let's use the pandemic as an example. Um, when we were stuck in lockdown for months and I had literally nothing to do, not only were games entertaining and fun and something to do, um, it allowed me to feel a sense of progress and agency that I did not have in my life because I couldn't work, I couldn't go out and see friends, uh, I really had no projects that I, I I could work on other than the podcast, which was fantastic, of course, um, but to feel that sense of agency, like my decisions mattered, I could do things and i was making progress in something was immeasurably helpful to me um and is still helpful to me in my everyday life
0: i completely uh identify with that last bit especially like uh i mean animal crossing came out like right when things yes. shut down and like it, while that can be silly and, like, a little bit of an eye roll at this moment, like, for that time, I was like, I have to plant my garden. Like, I have to, like, these are these things that I have to do. I also started Breath of the Wild late when quarantine started. I got a switch at the beginning of quarantine. That's what happened. And so, like, you. so there was, like, this, uh, <laughs> right? So there was this moment of, like... Um, Oh, I'm like moving towards these bosses. I'm finding this like gay fairy. Like I'm moving towards these things (laughs) when all I'm doing is just like sitting on zoom for class. So, um, and also thank you so much for connecting that to the various aspects of yourself. Uh, it was a very, I sometimes like think visually and I appreciated that map a lot. Um, as we are kind of exiting this work section, I just kind of want to know, um, what, Platforms? Are you working on like? Uh, that's not how you ask that question. That's not how you ask that question at all? <laughs> what? I'll ask it for you. Thank you.
1: What systems are you playing right now? Xbox, PlayStation Five, if you can Just find. Just Xbox One, one. or <laughs> Nintendo Switch, or a GameCube, or a Super Nintendo, or your iPhone.
3: What are you playing? This is like the question that we ask at the end of every show: is the is the what you playing? Uh, so I know you're gonna you're gonna be moving soon. And so I was sort of in that, I was where you're going to be just this past week with a lot of moving around stuff. Uh, so mostly on my phone, uh, I've been playing just chess, just chess on my phone. But uh, no, normally, you know, I have a Switch, I have an Xbox One, I have a PlayStation. Uh, my partner last night, I couldn't sleep. And uh, and then he's like, hey, I can plug in the Super Nintendo and we can just like rock out on that. And I was like, that sounds good. Um, So, you know, I think it's just, you know, different, different medium for a different moment, but uh, yeah. How about you, Travis?
2: Uh, So I'm in the middle of replaying mass effect legendary. Um, So that has just been, a wonderful experience because Mass Effect is one of my favorite games, Uh, but also my partner Maddie has never played it before. So I've really enjoyed watching her play it. And we talk about the ethical conundrums of each decision that she makes. Uh, And it's been a lot of wonderful surprises and discussions and things like that. We will play for an hour or two and then we'll go for a walk and talk about the decisions that she made and what decisions did I make during my playthrough and how do we feel about that. And it's, it's been really cool. Uh, I've, I've been really happy. That is not only
0: uh, a way to look at games through a queer lens, but that's like a queering of gaming before
1: and after. And I love that answer so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also as we close out, I have one last question. And it is, where on earth can you find a PlayStation 5? <laughs> that's a, that is a good question. Um, so, Travis, you go first.
2: <laughs> um, definitely not my apartment. Don't come looking here. <laughs> Give me your address uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was lucky enough to, uh, to score one because I was working a job where I had enough downtime that I could like obsessively refresh pages for Hell stock. Yeah.
1: I know that's right. I'm not <laughs> mad at you, but I'm mad at you. <laughs> no, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs>
2: Um, so yeah, I do have a PS5, um, right, cool.
1: but you know. how to get one? God knows where. I well, yeah, your place, Travis. I'm coming. <laughs> you answered the oh. question, Mike. You're off the hook. <laughs> Congratulations, you're getting robbed. <laughs> That's what you win
0: here. It's kind of like losing. Kind of but... like
1: losing, but it's winning for us.
0: Yeah. Um, well, thank you seriously both so much for making time out of your day to talk to us about gaming and breaking down and talking to us like, you know, people who don't game. Like, I just really appreciate, like, opening up this world. Um, and also your podcast is just really beautiful in the way that you simultaneously have fun, but really re-examine these things that are simultaneously nostalgic and stuff that I read about in a very abstract way. You you come to it in a very heartful way, and I really appreciate um I don't know. It's nice to meet you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This is nice. Thank you so much. You're going to make me cry. Yeah, I'm blushing. (laughs) They're really good at doing that. I just want, what's the name of that game about the daddies? I need to go buy that Dream Daddy. (laughs) Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy. Okay. I
0: see this for you. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. When I said I wanted you to get laid this summer, I didn't mean virtually, but you know, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well let's it take this official qu- hot boy summer this is what we're doing there we go there we go there we go yes <laughs> well let's take a
0: quick break and we will come back and take our meds
2: we're ready to come back
1: again. welcome back, back to qbt <laughs> where back, maddie James. told us to shut up as we went <laughs> into the recording shut the fuck up let's get going let's have some fun <laughs> let's take some meds let's take some meds um Okay, I'm going to go first just okay. to kick us all off. Um my meds are I just got back from Tennessee this morning. That's not my meds, but my meds are <laughs> the fact that I was in Tennessee with my family. I saw my mother for the first time in almost 2 years. I made her cry, which is all that matters. Um A Goal. No, yeah. I I don't know, it was really nice seeing them. Um going back to Tennessee is always this very as I've gotten older I actually look forward to it and it is this reconnection with family and with just like ancestry and this just like blackness that like you can't describe or like put into words. But when I'm like around my family, I mean, look at any video of us or any, I'm crying. No. Um mm. I'm not actually crying. I'm, that was from earlier. She was laughing. I was <laughs> laughing earlier, and the tear just now came down my eye. Um, but no, it's it's a beautiful thing. I don't know. I I have... I'm not going to say it's a 180 on my family, because I was never in a bad place with them. But I think that there was a time in my life where they were at very much so, like, an arm's length distance. Like, I kept them, like, at yeah. an arm's length for all kinds of reasons. I was still sort of figuring myself out. I... There were weird things in our in my family about being queer at one point. Everybody seems to have gotten over it now. So I don't know. It was it's nice. And it was nice to be reconnected with uh, with my aunts and uncles who I haven't seen in a while. And for them to embrace me and love me for who I am and for them to still be ridiculous and crazy and wild and funny. I love them. I love y'all. Mm-hmm. I love you, Auntie Sharon, and my mother and my grandmother and Uncle Ted and Ernest. And your family listens to this? I think one of them does. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for them. That's a great thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mom, I'm going to go get laid this month, according to Maddie. <laughs> or I'm going to play dream daddy, daddy dream. <laughs> um, I find that so endearing and mortifying. You know? <laughs> do they listen? Yeah. No, I think my mom listened to, like, an episode, and then she forgot how to get back into the app where she could listen to sure. it. And then I was like, I'm not teaching you how to do that. So... <laughs> Those are my meds. Um, Maddie, you go next. Um, First of all, I want to say that's beautiful, and I'm glad you got to have that.
0: Um, I got to camp this weekend, and I went to uh, a place in the Oregon desert, and I didn't think that I was going to Get to do that before I left, really, except for like one time, and I'm really grateful that I got to go. And it was in celebration of two of my friends, Carolyn and Emma, who just got engaged, and it was sort of a surprise. Um, but yeah, I just got to do like Molly and look at the desert dunes, and like this it is was a family podcast.
1: Anyway, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great weekend. <laughs> um, Travis and Mike, what are your meds? You know, you got to tell one of them at a time. Um, okay, Mike, you go first because you was excited. <laughs> I'm. I am very excited. Uh,
3: I would say that I, because I just think that there's always room for gratitude and and sort of reflection. So this is, this is great. And I feel like yeah. I and I, I mine. I would say is probably, like like you Shani. It's like family related. I didn't have like a a reconnection like that. But it is. There is something to be said for being steeped like in that familial love, like that that the, the familiarity, right? Um, and I think that for me, it's been um. I think it's been connecting with my sister. Uh, my sister is both in kind of different ways. Like, I think one of the good things that have come out of this pandemic has been the reconnection of a lot of the relationships that I have had sort of, you know, it's just distance and time, you know, just creates space, emotional space. And I think that um, if, if anything, like, just having like a really nice chat with my sister over the phone where we talk about like a whole range of subjects and we can like make each other laugh or we can like commiserate over something like silly or weird or crazy that our other sibling has done, uh, or, or, but just that, I think that it really, that those are my meds. I would say, I think, I think, yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Thank you.
2: Travis, what you taking? Uh, my
3: meds are Abilify and Vivance.
2: I'm um, no. <laughs> party, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay. I
0: had to. Can you pass um, the through this way? I'm well putrin in uh, Adderall, so there
2: we go. Oh there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just um, marijuana. <laughs> And why did <laughs> 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 Sorry, sorry. Um, I would say that my meds right now are that my parents just got a puppy. Okay. Mm. Uh, and it is really nice seeing them. I think they've been a little cut off during the pandemic because they have been following all of the rules and making sure that they don't see people, which I'm so thrilled about because it's keeping them safe. Yeah. But um, I just I feel like. They are very social people, and they haven't really got to share that with a lot of other people during this pandemic. Um, But seeing them light up at having the dog in the house and uh, having someone to share all of their love with because they are very loving people um, is just brought me a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. Getting to see them uh, so happy is is making me happy. So, I mean, obvious follow up, but like what kind of puppy? Mm -hmm. Uh, A Bichon poodle a work
0: Ooh, so it's like full adorable fancy
1: <laughs> okay that's a classy animal <laughs> that's a certain tax bracket kind of okay. animal <laughs> you gotta, you're making over 150k a year for Easy, that poodle.
0: bitch
1: <laughs> obsessed it's with my butt <laughs> it's a
0: bougie poochie a bougie, bougie. oh my <laughs> fucking god I love that
1: huh. okay do we have homework this week babe mm. Drink some red wine with ice cubes in it. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) Um, No, okay. You guys are going to give homework over summer vacation? Yeah. We love homework. Just like something to ponder. You know what I mean? (laughs) Honestly, this is what your homework is going to be. It's going to be pretty fun. Everybody go get reconnected with gaming. Don't be afraid of it. Um, I think that if there's anything that I've picked up from this, it is that gaming can be therapeutic. It can help in a lot of ways. Um, You just have to find find the right game for you. So how about this? Maybe you take that quiz, Quantic. Quantic, almost said Quantico. And I said, no, that's that show with Priyanka Chopra in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good show, by the way. I'm so sad it got canceled. (laughs) Um, Yes, we're going to link to that in the Rex and Resources doc. So maybe take the quiz, figure out the the type of gamer you are. Um, Go find a game and do that this summer. Like you have a month to go either get laid like me or play video games.
0: Ideally, you do both. Or ideally, you do both. There we go. At the same time, if you can.
1: If you can. Right. I
0: mean, head in games. Like, come on. Wow. Oh, just me? no okay
1: <laughs> listen if it's not
2: one joystick it's another right? okay. hey,
0: yes exactly so that's what we're doing hey. that's
1: your that's your um homework and i'll toss it to you maddie okay to leave us on a cliffhanger
0: um not a cliffhanger um the episode just ends <laughs> um travis and mike where can we find you on the internets on the socials where do we go
2: uh, you can find us uh, on all your major podcatchers, so Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, Anchor, all them, whatever. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Rainbow Road Pod.
0: Lovely. Go. That's another part of your homework: is go back and listen to the back catalog while you're on break as well of Rainbow Road podcast, um, even if you're not as intense into gaming like i am i find it deeply deeply enjoyable i promise you will too um to all our listeners thank you for a beautiful first season um we'll be sure to create updates on instagram and twitter at qbt pod you'll see us on some upcoming features we're on gia goodrich's podcast the bold bitch podcast we're also going to be in the upcoming keeks mag um so feel free to follow us stay up to date we might release some merch um feel free to dm or email us for suggestions for season two or if you want to be on the show let us know you can email us at qbtpodcast at gmail.com but oh. otherwise uh oh. have a great summer bitch y'all
1: <laughs> this is the end of season one wow i get to do nothing for a month I am excited to have some Sundays back a little bit. I'm a little excited about that. Yeah. I love you all, but you know. But you take up a little (laughs) bit of our time. And we love that for all of us.
0: Um, Thank you very much, Travis and Mike. It was a delight to talk to you both.
2: Thank you so much.
3: Likewise. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Of course.
0: Um, Okay.
1: Dang, wait. I don't know. I feel like we're supposed to do like a thing. Should we sing? Sing? (laughs) <laughs> do, 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 oh you guys do, have that ymca do, 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 do.
0: 8-bit in your intro <laughs> yes. it's so fucking cute <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was it okay how about great. this i'm gonna do for all your listeners i'm gonna do a big dance number right now oh <laughs> perfect for audio great <laughs> yeah oh my god
0: doing, see look. they're spinning around oh there's Whoa. flames <laughs> flames
2: there are flames mike i didn't know you could do that anymore wow. oh my god the
0: flips the can flips. you imagine And all in a closet now there's tap dancing
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah do you hear the- yeah there it is all right i'm calling it <laughs> trying to talk slick all up in
0: my ear and shit